Welcome to Woman in Progress, the podcast for smart, successful, high-achieving women who are ready to choose themselves, stop following the shoulds, and have the audacity to create the perfectly imperfect lives they crave. I'm your host, Samantha Ushado, corporate leader by day, health mindset coach, and group fitness instructor by nights and weekends. I created this space for the seekers, the messy action takers, the women who are courageous enough to lean into discomfort in the name of growth and are willing to live life on purpose. So if you're ready to work on yourself for yourself, be an example of what's possible and meet other incredible women on the same journey, you're in the right place. Consider this your official invitation. Let's get to work. Hello, hello, my sweet friends. How's it going? Welcome back to the podcast. I hope all is going really well with you. I have to be honest, things are very exciting over here right now. On Sunday, I finished my last class of my coach certification program with the Life Coach School. What? I wrote my final exam, got 99%, and I will be officially joining the ranks of some of the top coaches, mentors, and teachers in the field as a certified coach with LCS. My mind is literally blown that I'm saying these words right now. And truly, how fast the last six months flew by. I vividly remember the first class that I took and reading the very first page of the curriculum book like it was yesterday. And despite everything that I've learned, all the coaching I've done, and the growth I've experienced over the last six months, it feels as though this is just the tip of the iceberg. And I'm so excited to see what's possible now that I'm an alumni and that I'll have even more opportunities to hone my skills and expand my toolkit. The learning never stops, y'all, and I'll be sharing it with you every step of the way. And today, I'm really looking forward to what I'm going to be talking to you about, and that is people-pleasing. In fact, today is actually the first episode in a two-part series of episodes on the two Ps, the main ways you show up when you hustle for your worthiness, by people-pleasing and perfecting. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk all about people-pleasing, what it is, why you do it, how it shows up for you, why it's a problem, and how to break this habit. Now, whether you self-identify as a people-pleaser or you simply just noticed you take action to please others, often at the expense of yourself, this episode is for you and will help you get clear about why you do it, how it may negatively be impacting your life, and most importantly, how to address it effectively. Now, before things kick off, I have a favorite ask. My guess, if you're listening to this podcast, is you're a smart, successful, high-achieving woman who either knows or is someone who's a people pleaser. Someone who often puts the needs of others before her own, is highly attuned to others, and will often go out of her way to get people to like or approve of her. Now, if this sounds like someone you know, please do me a solid and share this episode with them. You never know, it might change their life. Okay, let's get into it. The term people pleaser refers to a person who has a strong urge and consistently strives to please others, even if it means making sacrifices or doing so at their own expense. It describes a variety of behaviors that a person says or does in an effort to gain favor or approval from another person on the receiving end of the words or actions. In effect, you become subservient to the needs and goals of the people around you at a significant cost to yourself. Now, I'm going to elaborate on some of the subtle and not so subtle ways people pleasing manifests in your personal and professional life a little later in the episode. But before I do that, I want to make the distinction between altruism or the desire to help others and people pleasers. Now with altruism, while it might involve an element of self-sacrifice such as giving time, money, energy to a cause, what distinguishes these behaviors from people-pleasing are the feelings fueling the actions. With altruism, the predominant feelings are generosity, love, service, kindness, and with people-pleasing, the feelings driving the behavior are typically guilt, fear, inadequacy, and control. 
Guilt tells you that you should be doing what you're doing. Fear tells you that if you don't do what you're doing, you're going to experience a negative outcome. Inadequacy tells you that you aren't good enough and that you need to do more to ensure people like you and won't be disappointed by you. And control, this one's a sneaky one. Control tells you that as long as you give people what they want, then they'll do what you want and you can feel safe, happy, and secure. Which, by the way, rarely works because most adults don't follow the manuals we write for them and often fall short of our expectations as a result. Ultimately, when you're people-pleasing, you're operating from a negative emotional state, which only leads to a net negative consequence for you. Feeling anger, frustration, exhaustion, obligation, resentment, not to mention you've completely abandoned your wants, your needs, and your desires in favor of putting others first, or in an effort to manage someone else's feelings or reactions. So why do we do it then? Well, ultimately, it's a survival mechanism that we haven't yet evolved past. Back in the day of hunters and gatherers, pro-social behavior was adaptive for oneself. If you were well-liked, you stayed safe and in the protection of the group. We all have an inherent desire to feel safe and secure. We are social creatures who thrive in community, so human behavior revolves around the need to feel emotional security. This desire we have for approval is there by design. On a deep emotional level, when we feel approved of, it makes us feel secure, valued, loved, and like we belong. And if we look at the psychology behind people-pleasing, it goes back to childhood. Doesn't everything. As a child, we are taught to seek approval from our parents on what we should say or should do. And when we quote-unquote get it right, this feeling of validation makes us feel loved and accepted. We get approval, praise, and rewards when we get it right. So naturally, we become conditioned over time to seek approval from others too. Now, for some children, their lack of validation as a child leads them to work very hard to try and seek it from everyone around them. So as that child grows up into an adult, the pattern plays out much the same. Whenever they don't receive validation, it becomes an automatic trigger and they have a desire or a need to win it back. And the cycle continues. And this is what I see with the chronic people pleasers with a capital P that I work with. Ultimately, you're people pleasing because you're trying to control how other people feel. You might be trying to keep the peace for people to like you and to avoid conflict. You want to make sure that everyone stays comfortable, most of all yourself. And yet you're going about it in a way that almost certainly causes you discomfort. Now, if this sounds like you, first of all, my love, you are not alone. This behavior is more common than you think and manifests in both obvious and subtle ways. Now, there are a number of ways people-pleasing can show up in your day-to-day life. I could give you dozens of examples from my own life or from conversations with my clients for each of these, but as I go through this list, I want you to listen with the goal of identifying your own people-pleasing behavior. Now, some of these might be surprising to you, as many of my clients have come to realize as we've worked together. So be curious and fascinated and drop the judgment of yourself. Your tendencies towards people-pleasing are totally normal, especially as high achievers. And in many ways, this behavior has served you. Where our work is, is in the noticing of when it doesn't serve us and being able to choose on purpose how we want to respond in these situations and reassign value to ourselves, regardless of what others think it should be. So what are the subtle and not so subtle ways people-pleasing shows up? Well, for one, it can look like over-apologizing or taking the blame even when you've done nothing wrong. Do we have any chronic, sorry people out there? This might be you. It could look like taking disagreements personally. It could look like neglecting your own needs in order to do things for others, especially things that you don't want to do, hoping that it'll earn their approval. It could look like changing your point of view in the face of disapproval. It could look like pretending to know or understand something that you don't for fear that you might be looked at as not smart enough, not being prepared. 
Perhaps it's appearing to agree with someone when you actually don't because you're not willing to be honest about what you want or you fear conflict or repercussions of your honesty. Now, I read a quote a couple of months back that said something like, the leading cause of conflict, whether it be inner conflict or outer conflict, traces back to one simple area of neglect, a conversation that should have happened but didn't. Inner conflict arises when you avoid, accommodate, or compromise all in an effort to keep the peace and not to have a difficult, possibly uncomfortable conversation, when in reality, there's nothing peaceful happening when you self-abandon and self-sacrifice. Just keep that in mind. It could also look like not being able to take criticism or feedback, perhaps being preoccupied with what other people might think. It could also look like struggling to say no because you're telling yourself the story that a good friend, daughter, employee would do whatever thing is being asked of you. Now, this one came up for me when I decided to take a job and move to Montreal a couple of years ago. I really had no genuine interest in moving my entire life for a 12-month contract and was completely confident that I could do the job, in fact, go above and beyond from Toronto. But I started to get in my own head about what people in and out of the company would think if I didn't accept the job and move to Montreal, and also about all the opportunities that would no longer be available to me if I declined, and that choosing not to move would be a career-limiting move. I sold myself the story that if I wanted to continue to be considered as top talent, that this was just what I was supposed to do, and that I would never get another opportunity like this, so I should just suck it up, put my big girl pants on, and make it work. So I said yes, moved very reluctantly, and suffered a great deal at my own expense. The truth is, I was lying to myself about wanting that job. Now don't get me wrong, I wanted the job. I had been working towards getting this job since my first day in the industry, and I knew I'd be excellent at it, but I didn't want to move. I wanted to stay in Toronto. I liked my life as it was, and I knew, and the pandemic ended up proving, that I could be extremely effective at the role working hybrid remote but I had strong opinions about other people's opinions. (laughs) I really didn't want to disappoint some people that were really close to me, family members, friends of mine, colleagues and mentors who had helped me get to that point, who thought it would be really short-sighted and foolish of me to turn down the job. So instead of being really honest with myself and the other people in my life about what I wanted to do, I just people-pleased them. I cared more about not letting them down and managing their opinions of me rather than trusting my own gut, having my own back, and prioritizing my opinion of me. Here's a few more examples of how people-pleasing might manifest for you. It could look like overcommitting when you don't have the bandwidth or capacity to take more on, being overworked, burnt out, and never having any free time because you have an overdeveloped sense of personal responsibility and are always doing things for other people. It could look like not speaking up about your preferences, because you want to be agreeable or not be perceived as difficult. And this could manifest simply as not saying what you want to eat for dinner because you're worried that someone else might disagree with you, or possibly just being stuck in imbalanced relationships where you give more than you get. Do any of these sound familiar? It's a solid list, right? I really wanted it to be comprehensive so that you could see the different ways people-pleasing could manifest in your life. And it's also nuanced, right? Some of these are very similar to each other, but the nuance is helpful to help you identify some of the more subtle people-pleasing you might be doing that you aren't fully aware of. I want you to go back through this list and listen for the areas where you may not have otherwise spotted these behaviors in your own life. Now here's the thing, we come by people-pleasing honestly. As I said earlier, while people-pleasing has a net negative consequence to you, you do get some benefit from it, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. People-pleasing feels good, although just temporarily. You get to feel important, needed, significant, helpful, and accomplished. All the positive emotions we really crave as human beings. 
In fact, research shows that when we receive positive social feedback, it activates reward centers in our brain that lead us to experience pleasure. And on the flip side, if you're a people pleaser and you perceive disapproval as a form of rejection, that perception of rejection activates the same areas of the brain as people who experience physical pain. So it stands to reason that you're going to move towards pleasure and away from pain in the immediate future rather than being willing to experience temporary discomfort in the now and long-term well-being in the future. So now let's talk about why the now appeal of people-pleasing is a problem and why it's not serving you. As a coach, when a client comes to me and they're generating unwanted results in their life like chronic stress, overwhelm, burnout, strained relationships with family members or colleagues because of people-pleasing, it's always because of one of two problems. Either it's a thought they're thinking that doesn't serve them, or it's a feeling they're unwilling to feel, and they're either resisting, avoiding, or reacting to it. So let's break these two down. When it comes to people-pleasing, some of the problematic thoughts that often come up are, a good friend, employee, manager, mother would not do XYZ. I have to XYZ, or I need to XYZ. I could help, so I should. I can't say no, or I have no other option. And lastly, they will be, insert negative emotion if I don't, they will be mad, they will be disappointed, they will be fill in the blank. No wonder you people please. But here's the good news. These thoughts are not facts. They are not truths. They are totally optional to think. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And how do I know? Because there are lots of people in the world that don't do these things, live completely satisfied lives and aren't making themselves miserable at their own expense. You always have options and choices and agency. And if you give yourself a moment to slow down, rather than reflexively resorting to people pleasing, you'll create space for possibility and make choices that are for your highest good in the long term. And this is a practice, no doubt. It will take time. But what I want to encourage you to do is examine what I call your people pleasing thinking. You can do this in two ways, ahead of time or after the fact. Now, when you examine your people pleasing thinking ahead of time, you're going to want to make a list of all the instances where you commonly resort to people-pleasing. Maybe it's at work when your boss asks you to take on extra projects when you're already at capacity, or with your sibling when they ask you to babysit even though you have other plans, or with that friend who often steamrolls you so you opt to go along with their decisions to avoid drama. Take stock of all the situations where you self-abandon and identify the problem thought that drove you to take the people-pleasing action. After the fact, you simply want to notice when you've people-pleased, and then reverse engineer what you were thinking that led you to take that action. Were you thinking, I could help, so I should? A good sister would say, yes, I have to do this. They'll be mad at me, or I'll look bad if I say no. It's easier if I just say yes. What is the thought for you? Identify all the thoughts that led you to your people-pleasing behavior, and then beside each thought, come up with a new thought that prevents you from taking that people-pleasing behavior. Here are some of mine. It's okay to say no. My well-being is my priority. It's not my job to make other people comfortable. I'm not responsible for other people's feelings. I can be a good employee and say no. Just because I can help doesn't mean I need to. It's my job to decide how I live my life and no one else's. These are some really powerful thoughts that stop my default behavior of people-pleasing and remind me that I always have options and more than that, that I have agency and can always choose on purpose what is right for me. Now, at the end of the day, You're the one who has to live the life you've created, so you might as well make it as intentional as you can. So I'm asking you, what do you need to think in a given situation where you are most likely to people please to stop yourself in your own tracks? How can you prioritize your own comfort and have your own back? That's a little homework for you. 
And then the second part of the equation after problem thoughts is being unwilling to feel the negative emotions that come along with not engaging in people-pleasing. Now, there are four ways that we as humans respond to negative emotions. We resist them, we avoid them, we react to them, or we allow them. When you're a chronic people-pleaser, you're taking action at your own expense because you're unwilling to experience or allow the discomfort that will inevitably come up by not people-pleasing. So now I want you to go back to that list of thoughts you think before you engage in people-pleasing behavior. You got them? Now I want you to identify the corresponding emotions you try to avoid having that lead you to people-please. Some of the most common ones I see with clients are guilt, fear, worry, selfish, irresponsible, lazy, and uncomfortable. And what's more, their unwillingness to feel these emotions leads them to be burnt out, overwhelmed, angry, and resentful. Not exactly serving them, right? So what's the solution? Well, it's being willing to feel appropriate discomfort on purpose. Because the truth is, discomfort is the currency to fulfill our dreams. You just have to be willing to feel your feelings and let the fear, guilt, worry that someone won't like your decisions or boundaries or perspectives be okay. Not everyone's going to agree with you. Not everyone's going to like you. And it will feel uncomfortable. There's no avoiding it. But once you get good at feeling and processing your negative emotions all the way through, having your own back and living for your own opinion of yourself, those negative feelings lose their intensity and become much less urgent. It's more like a dull tap that you can effortlessly ignore and notice with compassion and curiosity. And I want you to answer this for me. What would be better or different about your life if you were willing to feel any negative emotion instead of people-pleasing? If you were willing to feel that discomfort and do what you ultimately wanted to do, what would your life be like? My guess, your life would be completely transformed because you'll be doing the things that you want to do, living your life by your rules, creating space for fun, for rest, for creativity, living in tune with what you need to be your most vital and feeling connected rather than resentful of the people around you because you aren't hustling to prove yourself or perform for acceptance and validation. You validate yourself. And if others validate you, that's extra. When you get clear on what you want and act in accordance, you get the reward of living in alignment with who and how you want to live. You reinforce for yourself that your needs are worthy and important and that they can be fulfilled from the inside out. And that's why I really believe in the transformative power of thought work. This work I'm teaching you through the podcast and through the work I do with people. Because when you identify the thoughts and feelings you have and how they are driving your behaviors and creating your results, that's when you can take back your power and solve any problem you have that no longer serves you. When you realize you create your experience of the world through how you choose to think about it, and that your thoughts drive your feelings, your actions, and create your results, you learn to give other people permission to feel how they feel and not make it mean anything about you. You are whole, perfect, and complete just as you are, and you only need to focus on doing the important work of validating yourself. It's daily work, but definitely work worth doing. And there you have it. I hope this was helpful and that you enjoyed this episode as much as I loved recording it. Please share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. Hit five stars on Apple and Spotify or share a kind review. And be sure to tune in next week where we will continue the conversation on how hustling for worthiness shows up in the next episode where we talk all things perfectionism. Have a beautiful week, my friends. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of the Woman in Progress podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? Don't worry, the conversation doesn't stop here. Because I want to invite you to apply for one-on-one coaching with me so that we can apply this work at a much deeper and personal level. If you're ready to go from stuck, stressed, and searching for more to clear, calm, and creating the life you crave, 
head to the show notes and book some time on my calendar to get started. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, here's to being a woman in progress.